Hello, and thank you for joining us on this podcast episode of That's in the Bible. I'm Bob Pauline. The Bible is undeniably a unique book, but should we appreciate it just as a beautiful work of literary fiction, like it's just another book? What sets the Bible apart from other books, and is the Bible fact or fiction? The Bible is the basis of our teachings in the Iglesia Ni Cristo, Church of Christ, to answer questions about proper worship, the right relationship with God, and most importantly, salvation. That's in the Bible. We received a question from Kim in San Diego about the Bible itself. Here's what she asks. My question is, why have so many people taken interest in like Bible and belief when it's just another book? Thank you, Kim, for your question. To help Kim out and answer her question, we need to first address the assumption that some have, which is, well, the Bible is just another book. After that, we'll be able to answer more specifically Kim's question. Why have so many people taken so much interest in the Bible? Let's frame our discussion around these topics then. Is the Bible just another book? And if not, what sets the Bible apart from other books? And what's the value in learning and following what the Bible teaches? Dear friends, what should we understand about the Bible or the Holy Scriptures? For proper understanding, let's read what is actually written. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, let's read verses uh, 15 Uh, 16 and uh, 17, it says, And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, according to what is written here, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture that we use as a basis of our faith from the Bible is Scripture written under the inspiration of God. We can already see that This is different from any other book. Man has his own inspiration, for example, to write down his words, but the Bible or the Holy Scriptures does not contain man's words, but rather God's words. It was not written with the intention to be mere literature or created by authors for, let's say, the sake of entertainment or for cultural purposes. No. Therefore, It's not just another book. But how were God's inspired words written down to make up the Holy Scriptures, or as we now know it as the Holy Bible? We can learn how this was done by also opening up the the writings of the ancient uh, prophets. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 2, I quote what's recorded there. 
Thus speaks the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. Dear friends, in this verse, God himself is the one addressing one of his servants. What did God instruct him to do? He said, write in a book for yourself all the words that I have spoken to you. What is his servant supposed to write? Just anything he wanted? No, God said, all the words that I have spoken to you. So we can see that God is the one who chose who he would inspire to write down his words. He will also tell the writer all the words that should be written. And God's written words are for his servants. So the servant of God is addressing then in this verse that we just read, by the way, that was the prophet Jeremiah, which is why there is a book in the Bible that is called Jeremiah. But collectively, all of God-inspired scriptures are in the Holy Scriptures or the, or the Holy Bible. And this further explains the intended use for the Bible, right? And what sets the Bible apart from other books. The Bible is by no means just an ordinary book. It is not. But what exactly then makes the Bible? Makes God's Word so valuable or unique. What makes it unique? Because one may say, well, there's a lot of books that contain uh, words like this. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 28, provides uh, this important insight. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. The uniqueness of God's words? God's words are true. That's what makes them so valuable. We all want the truth. What is true, right? So all should value God's words. But you know, everyone may have their own perception of truth. Is the Bible self-fulfilling? by claiming itself as true without providing opportunity for evidence-based confirmation? Oh, well, what exactly does it mean that God's words are true? Let's check. Let's let the Bible prove itself. And let's ask then, is the Bible fact or fiction? Let's turn to the writings this time of the prophet Isaiah. And uh, let's go to Isaiah chapter uh, 46, verse 9 and 10. This important statement is recorded there. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. So based on what is written here then, dear friends, one of the proofs that God's words are true is that his words declare things that are not yet done. God's words have fulfillment. 
they tell us what will happen. They are the truth because they happen, because they come true. God's words are, are very different than from man's words due to the fact that God is very different from man. Even though man, people, they, they may want to be true to their word, right? His own human limitations, however, may keep him from doing so. This is the reason that many things that a person says, a person promises or declares, do not come true. On the other hand, God is almighty. And that's mentioned in Genesis 35, 11. His words are not void of power, also referred to in Luke 1, 37. So if God says something, it will happen. It will happen because God himself will make it happen. That's also taught in Isaiah 46, 11. So the point here, dear friends, to prove if the Bible really is God's words, we've got to use then that criteria. We've got to find out, are there things written here thousands of years ago declaring or announcing what will happen at some point in the future, and then those events actually happened? Because if that's the case, then that would be the evidence, that would be the proof, that would show us, that would prove, and we would know that these cannot be man's words, because rather than God's words, these, these cannot be man's words. They've proven them to be God's words, because what's recorded in this book, the Bible, is the truth. Well, let's check it then. What is one of the things that was declared in the Bible long, long time ago that that, that would happen? Let's, let's, let's turn to it. There are so many examples we could cite, but we'll, we'll cite this one. Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse, uh, in verse 6. We'll read verse 6, uh, 7, and 8. You're going to hear the noise of battles close by and the news of battles far away. But do not be troubled. Such things must happen. But they do not mean that the end has come. Countries will fight each other. Kingdoms will attack one another. There will be famines and earthquakes everywhere. All these things are like the first pains of childbirth. So, dear friends, in the first centuries, it was already written that people would hear the noise of battles close by. They would hear the news of battles far away. So around the world, people would hear and know about this war. Although there are numerous wars all throughout ancient history, there was not, had not yet been a type of war like that that all would know about that war at the same time. Communication was not that fast back then. But notice that this global war had another war that followed after it. The Bible states even in other uh, translation of, this, uh, same, of these same verses, it says, see that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Why? What type of war would follow? It says, for nation would rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So there would then be another 
worldwide war, global war that was declared to happen. What else was declared to happen around the time of these wars? The Bible said there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. We, we have to look then. Our part, dear friends, is, is to look at our recent history. And what would we see? We'll learn if these types of wars actually took place. They did. We know the two wars that were worldwide in scope. History refers to them as World War I and World War II. And World War I broke out July 27, 1914. Are we the only ones that are realizing the, uh, uh, these uh, fulfilled uh, prophecy about this war, famines, earthquakes, and pestilences? We are not the only ones. In fact, let's read what some Bible scholars have published regarding these, uh, this biblical prophecy spoken such a long time ago, which we see fulfilled in our, in, in our recent history. We're going to read now the uh, footnote of those, those same uh, verses, Matthew chapter 24, verses uh, 6 through 8. This is the scholarly research in a historical context provided by the publishers of Matthew 24, 6 through 8 in the last day's Bible. These Bible scholars noticed this and wrote the following. Jesus now tells his followers how they could discern when the world was actually entering into the beginning of the birth pangs. The approach of the end of the age would see several phenomena on the earth occurring at the same time. Those phenomena would be many nations rising up against many other nations, kingdoms rising against kingdoms, famines, disease epidemics, earthquakes in various places. In Mark 13, the word troubles is used by our Lord instead of disease epidemics. Wars between nations or even between kingdoms is and has been a common occurrence. History has recorded famines in various times. There have been times of great disease epidemics. There have been earthquakes in the past, but increasingly so in the present day. Jesus tells his disciples, however, to be awaiting a specific time during which all these phenomena will be in evidence at the same time. The first such time in world history occurred during the years of World War I, 1914. So, dear friends, we should understand because, well, these declarations or prophecies that were written here in the Holy Scriptures, they actually happened. And, and these scholarly writers attest to it. These cannot be man's words then recorded here in the Bible. These are God's words, proven how. God's words are true. The Bible proves it so as it tells us what will happen. This is the reason why people should not only be interested in the Bible as a mere literary account of ancient peoples, but should follow its instructions because it is proven to be true. And there are so 
many, many more examples written in the scriptures, which we see with our own eyes being fulfilled all around us all the time. So what's the value in learning and knowing and following the Bible? What would happen, dear friends, if we do this? Let's go back to the first verses that we read in 2 Timothy 3. Let's, let's go back to, uh, we read verses 15 through uh, 17. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the value of God's words written here in the Holy Scriptures is that it is profitable for doctrine. So if we want a real relationship with God, we should follow His doctrine here in the Bible. What else? What else, dear friends, is the benefit of God's words? It should be used for reproof or for correction. And, you know, we've all made mistakes in our life, so to correct what we've done wrong, we need to follow biblical instruction. Why is it that if we follow the Bible's instructions, we'll be able to live the right way? Because, because the Bible is for instruction in righteousness. What's the most important reason people should be interested in the Holy Scriptures. Because as we also read there, it's able to make us wise, wise for salvation. And according to the Bible, is there anything else that we need to base our faith on? Maybe another book or various books that others have written? God's words make clear. The Bible is so that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's nothing lacking in the Bible in order to be wise for salvation. You know, we, we began our discussion with three questions. Then let's review the responses of the Bible to those questions. Is the Bible just another book we've learned? No, it wasn't created for any other purpose but to be God's inspired words. So what sets the Bible apart from other books? The events foretold or predicted to come true in the future, well, they actually did come true. And this proves it's not merely a thousands-year-old book of fiction. What's the value in learning and following the Bible? It's the book that contains the instructions that will equip us for salvation. This is the reason why the sole basis of faith here in the Church of Christ is the Bible. We faithfully follow this teaching because that's in the Bible. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, That's in the Bible, and turn on your notifications for new episodes. Please feel free to email your questions about the Bible, about salvation, to answers 
at incmedia.org. I'm Brother Bob Pauline, and we hope you join us next time for more programming of the Iglesia Ni Cristo Church of Christ. To watch episodes of That's in the Bible, go to incmedia.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless.